Welcome back to another episode of the Chirpin' Yotes podcast. I'm Tyler. Join with me, Stathead Grandy, who's feeling a little bit sick, and Haynes, our Shakespearean genius. Boys, been a while. How are we doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Still reveling in that fantastic ASU game from the Minnesota series. Just, that's, that game, one of the top five hockey games I've watched in the past five years. It was incredible. That was Looking forward game. to that. And then looking forward to our big upcoming series against Denver. Not this weekend. I think it's the next weekend. Um, so they're off this weekend? No. I'll get, we'll, I'll get the act. I'll get the uh, date for it and get back to you later on. Sweet. Sounds good to you. Haynes. Been good. Yeah. Busy, busy November. And, you know, apologize to the listeners who, you know, haven't heard on me from me in a while. I've been, it's been a crazy November, just family. And, you know, I went to the Coyotes game in Raleigh for the second year in a row. And uh, it was great. Got to see my first ever Coyotes win in person. And, you know, that was, I got to see the dads and, you know, I talked to Mike during the game and all that. And he gave him a hard time and everything. And, you know, messing with them and all that good fun. And, you know, got to go to a Panthers game in Charlotte. It was my first time seeing an NFL game. So um, it was good. You know, I, I had a really good November. And, you know, I, I, there was a lot to be thankful for this month and all that. And just um, took some me time personally to myself just to, you know, rethink my things in life and just th- who the true people are in my life and all that. So it was good just to kind of take time to unwind and focus on myself and all that. But, you know, I'm happy to be back with you guys. And, you know, I always look forward to – come on the pod and hearing what we got to, what we got to spew out on here with each other. Gotta meet myself because my dog quick. was barking, but uh, I said, hi, quality Just stuff. Quick, it is this weekend. It is Friday and Saturday. Okay, cool. So the Friday second and to the 3rd of December. Just remember, I haven't gotten her gift yet. Anyways, let's uh, keep oh. it going here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang, that snuck up on me. Uh, so we have some good results, bad results. Uh, I think I'm trying to think of our latest game was that was in Detroit. That's when we lost in overtime. What was the one we just had? It was um. You're trying to think of our recent game. Yeah, I was like, it just escaped we me. Just I was like, I thought I had it uh, We just lost to Minnesota on Minnesota, Sunday. That's yeah, it was. Minnesota. That's Yeah, that's right. They we played the, the Minnesota uh, weekend. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was like, I know it was somebody. Yeah, that's right. Look, I'll be straight up. I'll be honest. I try to sugarcoat it a lot on the actual Twitter, but the re- the results of these games are not been what the Coyotes want for their end goal. We're not winning by something that is sustainable. We're being outshot almost double on the season still. We're being outshot by a huge margin every night. We are being outplayed. We get so many penalties because we are so constantly in our own zone defending. And when we're not, we're still chasing the puck around. These wins are mirages based on, well, what was a hot power play that was going to cool down and has already started that process. And some of the best goaltending the Coyotes have gotten in their existence, Veggie is playing out of his goal good. He has been fantastic and really the biggest reason we've had our wins, which is great to see, but at the same time, riding a hot goalie to the sixth worst record in the league 
is not sustainable. It's not how you win hockey. You want that great goalie, but you want the team supporting him more than the great goalie. Even look at Colorado. They've never gotten great goaltending and they just won the cup. So this recent stretch, I've liked the Coyotes fight. I've liked what we've seen from some players. Keller, Michelli's still looking good. Maltz and Chikrin have come back looking great. Chikrin is pacing our team in shot attempts. He has more shot attempts than half of the rest of the team combined. Um, there's stuff that I've liked, but overall it's just we're less talented than most of the other teams out there, and it shows on a nightly basis. So just more things we just got to stick with to get through to the end of this the end of this rebuild, which if you watched again, if you watched those Minnesota games against ASU, you were just seeing the future on hand with Logan Cooley. So it's cool. It was a cool just to remember that. Be like, that's our guy. Like he, that kid, he's with us, and Doan, and all the other ones. Exciting times. Just have to wait through. What's what year two? So we should be starting to kind of win next year, right? Yeah. Kind of be our. Well, I think like next Detroit's year doing. we're. I think next year we're still going to be a bad team. Yeah. But it's going to be a bad team that's bad because we're young. Not a no. bad team that's bad because we're less talented than every other team out there. That um, works. Young teams still lose a lot. Look at Columbus. Look at Detroit. Um, Ottawa. Detroit up until this year. New Jersey up until this year. Yeah. The New Jersey and Detroit model is the one we are going after. And look at the leaps these two teams have taken this year. Because they're not those incredibly young teams anymore, they got some experience for their young guys, and they added a few vets. That is one hundred percent the path that we should be getting to. But we're going to get into that in more detail later on. So, anything to add to that, Haynes? I mean, you guys kind of both said there what I you know would want to add into it. Um, it, it. There is a lot of good you can look at it. You know, like Granny said, Schmaltz has looked great. Since you know he's come back from injury, uh, Lawson Krause is on pace for thirty goals potentially, and that would be a huge, huge step for him going forward in his game and all that. Uh, Clayton Keller's on, you know, we'll talk about him a little bit more, but he's on a pace for a record-breaking season, and you know, Vimelka has kept us in games. But like you said, Granny, it's the the, the Coyotes are getting outshot way too much and worse than they were at times last year. I, I went to the game in Raleigh, and it was eighteen to one in shots on goal after the first period. And we were leaning one to nothing. And why you may think, well, Kai's an advantage, it's still terrible looking. It, one shot on goal, Kai's could not maintain any pressure. The beginning of the second, they got going, and it took them even a while in the beginning of the second to really even get something going with them. So it's just, it's, uh, I think they're a better roster overall looking at the roster. I think it's better than last season, but they just they're not coming out with more of a fight than I thought they were going to. You know, there's some games you could highlight the games out shooting the Rangers, you know, in, in Madison Square Garden. That was a huge one out shooting them as much as they were. And, you know, and you know, the dominant win after starting off slowly against the Hurricanes and one but you know, overall, like you said, Granny, it's it's a team that's struggling still in a lot of areas and you know, and they're not gonna win a lot of games and they're gonna look really bad on a lot of nights if they continue to allow themselves to get out shot as high as they are. If it's like you said, if it's the New Jersey and Detroit model we're following and seeing the six, I, I mean, it makes me just excited. I mean, I've always said a couple times, you know, I don't like to lose either, but the future's bright. 
That's all I really care about, to be honest. Still got the Suns, so I'm happy with that. I'll take that. Come on, come on. We still have the uh, Cardinals, too. Yeah. I mean, on paper, I guess they're good, and I... I don't know. Are that's they, just, though? I don't know. That's Dude, what that's, they keep that's, saying. That's a different podcast. I we'll hear that. The Red Bird Red Zone. We're yeah, that's true. We're not going to be able to cover it as well as they are, but let's no. just say we're some frustrated Coyote or Cardinals fans, too. Yep. I might be more frustrated with the Cardinals than I am with the Coyotes, because at least the Coyotes were supposed to be bad. Yeah, that's exactly why like they're not. Yeah, when like, I lose, you know, my sister, she's a new Coyotes fan. She actually took my jersey back when she went back to Texas. Um, and she was like, why do you lose a lot? I'm like, yeah, you know, that's what we do. Next one will be, so we, we talked, I think it was episode before we had our guests, I believe. Um, well, reverse retros. They're unveiled. You know, we had a lot of the hits, misses, kind of listed our brief favorites we could describe. But they started to hit the ice. And what made me think of this topic was a particular jersey that I was not a fan of at all. I, I went from probably a 2 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10 rating for this jersey once it hit the ice with its whole ensemble. So I just want to ask you boys, if there's any jerseys you think that I guess was either redeemed themselves on the ice or lowered themselves. Whoever wants to take this one first? I'll take it first because I have two redeems and I have one non-redeem. And I think we all know the non-redeem coming. That is the Arizona Coyotes. I was a fan. Not as big of a fan as I was of the purple reverse retro, but I was a fan of the reverse retro. Looks good in pictures, and then it hit the ice. And it was a train wreck. It was awful. It was... I tried to talk myself into it in the first period. Even shot a couple tweets at Mac, who was complaining about him. It just became... I can't anymore. They were bad. Which is unfortunate. But then the two redeeming ones, I have to say, the Vegas Golden Knights coming out with their glow-in-the-dark stuff. I hate that I love it. I absolutely hate that I love that. I loved how it looked. Just, it was incredible. Um, I thought it was so much more well-executed than the Stars the previous year. And then, this one was highly ranked before, but because of one goalie's pads, because of one goalie's setup, the best reverse retro this season is easily Florida's simply based oh, yeah. off of Spencer Knight's setup. For sure. Those are just awesome. Love the colors. Good idea. What about you boys? Oh, go ahead. You can take it first. Yeah, you can take it. All right. So the jersey in question that I mentioned earlier was the Red Wings. I, I, I hate it. My uncle, I texted him. He was like, yeah, it's just yeah, not good. But then I happened to see Larkin step in the whole ensemble, and I was like, man, that, that is actually pretty sweet. I'm going to have to get me one of those. So I don't know who I'm going to buy. Probably just Larkin, because I, like, I need a jersey for him anyway. But... And then the Seals, you said it, I forget who said it, but the pants was no. kind of threw it off for me, because I didn't like it as much when I saw it on the ice. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, the Panthers, that was always a great one, so that didn't redeem itself. But the one that made it worse is definitely ours, actually. I agree with you, Grandy. The orange, I don't like burnt orange as it is. But it just didn't look. You know, I saw like the leak photo of like the guy in the commercial or whatever. It looked really good. Those that shading, but that bright white, the ice. No, it just no. Sorry, Coyotes. It's just it, it lowered for me. What about you, Haynes? Um, 
Uh, I, I mean, y'all won't agree me. I like the Coyotes reverse retro. Um, I, I mean, I get some people's point where they don't like it. I wish that the numbers were outlined in more of you know a a sand color than instead of white. I mean, I like it. I think it's you know burnt sand is not a color that's ever been used as a primary jersey color in the NHL. And you know the Coyotes have already gone the route of going with a purple. They've done a black. They've done green. They've done you know, white, they've done, you know, Sedona. So, I mean, you really were running on colors there and what the guys want to do. And I, I like the option of what they went for Burnt Sienna. Um, I think what really threw me off of them was the logo. I understand it's the reverse retro aspect. You're changing the colors up. I think that just threw me off a little bit. Um, I like the uniform overall, though. But um, two jerseys that when I first saw them, I didn't really like, but have grown on me a lot would be Florida. I, I wasn't as big of a fan originally when I first saw it. Um, not because of light blue, just the whole going with the shoulder patch logo and what they kind of went with there. But, you know, it's grown on me. I really like how it looks. I think it's one of, you know, your nicer looking um, reverse retros on the ice. I really like Florida's. I think it's a really good looking jersey. I think it fits really well for the environment that Florida's in. Um, another jersey I really liked is, you know, the Winnipeg Jets. I know people, a lot of people gave the slack to Winnipeg because it's, you know, it they didn't really do much creativity into it. I like the Jets. I think if you want to go on a a small soft rebrand kind of i think if you stuck with that old school logo but kept that aviator blue i think that you could easily make a home set off this reverse retro and i think you'd have a really solid home and away uniform there but um the two jerseys that i really i i wouldn't one of them i really like the other one i wouldn't say i really like but i really don't like even more after i see it now um I really like Buffalo's a lot. I thought it was a great look for him. I don't like it. Majority of the fact that I don't like the all-white setup. Um, I didn't like Dallas's last year and then with an all-white setup. I just think it's white pants is a look in hockey that just – it doesn't work for me. I just I, – I think it's kind of tacky looking. I think it's a little trashy. I think there's – it's just – an all-white setup is just way too much. Um, and then another team who – I didn't like their jersey at first, but now that I've seen more I don't like it is the Hurricanes. And the main aspect for the Hurricanes is – uh, I get the ret- the reverse part of it of going reverse from your white, but I don't get the retro aspect of what they're going for. And, you know, it kind of looks a lot like the Devils old home uniforms with that black with the white striping on the top and the bottom. And I, I don't really like that the shoulder patch logos aren't outlined in a white, so it's just a red shoulder patch logo and a red jersey. There's just there's a lot of it that I've seen more and more that just really – it's it's not the Hurricanes, and, I, and it's no throw on the Hurricanes. I think they have – you know, a great logo, and I think that their white jersey I really like, but I, I think they're one of the weird teams. They're one of those teams that they don't use a primary logo. Now, the Rangers don't, but the Rangers have had an iconic uniform forever. The Hurricanes, I just don't get why, you know, they switched to the black jersey at home. They don't use the, the primary logo on their as their main primary jersey logo anymore. And then, you know, they brought the white in, which was fine with the red they had last year. And I just, I don't know, I think the Hurricanes are trying to – include too much at once on a jersey i think they want to have a bunch of like try to include a whole bunch of things into it but they're straying away too much from what is already a good logo in my opinion saying they're uh, overthinking it yeah what i do want to throw out as redeeming too because i didn't like it when it first came out and i like it more maybe it's still not one of my favorites but the Seattle Kraken going with the Metropolitans, the old Seattle Mets jersey design. It looks good. It looks yeah, good. It does. it does. I I actually think, Randy, I may be wrong. I think that jersey's actually 
supposed to be based off the original Seattle Americans, which were an old hockey team. I think they actually, I think they want to do a Metropolitan thing, but I think they actually turned it down from Adidas. because I think their plan is to go for a more Metropolitan style uh, alternate somewhere in the future. I may be wrong there. That's why I've heard though. I think this jersey was actually, I think was supposed to be based off more of the Seattle Americans. I may be wrong though, but I think that's what I'd actually heard. Hmm. I do like the jersey though. Don't get me wrong. I do like the jersey. I know people bag on it because it's people don't like the teary switching from the light blue to the navy to the light blue again, the striping and all. I like it. I think it's a good jersey. Yeah, I do too. That was a good one. I forgot about that one. That is a good one. Just I will say, looking off of the pictures, the old pictures, the Seattle Americans didn't have a much pinstriping going on. They, okay. So, so maybe it was more off. Yeah, I think it's I'm pretty sure it's the Mets. So cool because the Mets have striping. It might be a mix of both. We, you know, you never really know. Uh, yeah, I think they. I mean, teams are yeah. trying to combine different errors into one having, uniform. And having said that, looking at the old Seattle Americans logo, I absolutely want to see them do this. It is Uncle Sam with a shield and a hockey stick. I am oh, sending this cool. to chat right now. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, I just pulled it up. I just yeah, Googled it myself. I was like, oh, wow. That's cool looking. Yeah, I love that. That Dude, is that's awesome. Cool. They absolutely should have done that logo. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. How long ago was that? Dang. It's actually after the Mets, if you can believe it. Wow, really? Yeah. Because hmm. the Mets were one of the first the first teams of all hockey. Mm-hmm. Wow. I actually think they're more original than two of the original six. They just didn't survive. You good old original six. We're not your father's original six or that old tagline that was God, that was awful. That was all okay. cut. Yeah, we're not your uh, we're not your father's original six. We're yeah, a new breed. Or- that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, Coyotes have had. I remember just... the commercial. <laughs> yeah, bad, oh, bad, bad. They meant well. I get the intention, but yeah, it's very current. Didn't age well at all. Still aged better than Pierre. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as funny as it was. Yeah, that was. I don't know what the hell kind of fever dream. Like Wayne Gretzky was part of the owner, so some of Gretzky's money went to Pierre. So we have our. Uh, Tempe, their meeting the right now or just ended something like that uh, before we started uh, recording. Uh, have you heard anything big, Haynes, Grandy? Besides, I know that they're there and Craig Morgan tweeted a few things out, but I don't know if there's any big resolution or anything like that yet that I saw. Nothing yet. They haven't started voting. The, all, the last of the public speakers just went 15 minutes ago. Okay, so they're about done. Okay. So the team's going right now, it looks like, based off of Craig Morgan's timeline. I'm guessing we'll have an an, uh, an answer on this towards the end of the podcast. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. We'll have to monitor that. Make sure we get it live and in person. Well, I guess it's pre-recorded, but anyways, you know. Anything to add? Are you guys thinking it's probably going to be a yeah? It sounds like it's going to be a yes. I mean, all this yeah. is to move it to a public vote. Keep that in mind. This is just to move it towards a public vote, but. From what Craig Morgan was saying, it sounds like that was something brought up by the Coyotes and not the count or the city council itself. 
So the coyotes want to bring this to the taxpayers type thing. Oh, wow. Which is good. I don't like that it will add a couple months to the timeline, but at the end of the day, it's not the worst thing ever. Let's get this vote in. Let's get this done. And let's move on because the public numbers sound even better than what the council numbers or numbers should be. So the public looked like it was in support of it by like 65% last I saw. Wow, so okay. we should good. be good. It's hard to turn it down. You know, you're pretty much just paying to do what they get the land fixed, right? Or isn't that something that's really the yeah, only thing Tippy's paying for? Yeah, paying to clear the land out and all that. Which is your mess anyway. So as taxpayer, it's like, hey, it's well, know. and like I was, I got in an argument with somebody about this probably about a year ago when all of this started becoming real. But you're going to have to do that for anybody that wants to buy and use that land. Land. They're not going to just buy it and say, oh, we will take care of this ourselves. We will turn this away from a landfill ourselves because no billionaire is going to do that. It's every anybody who buys it will have to will have the city do that. And then you also have the fact that there's not a lot better for the overall city of Tempe that you could put in there than a huge sports stadium, an entertainment district, and a bunch of low-income housing. So that you didn't pay for as a taxpayer. Yeah, that you didn't pay like, for as a taxpayer. Better. Yeah, didn't pay for as a taxpayer, all those jobs, and then you get to take things from Glendale and Phoenix concerts. I'm sure a lot of concerts want to go to Tempe, especially that brand new central location it's got. I, I think it's yeah, it's a slam dunk. So yeah, I, I think it'll probably pass too. Absolutely rather get the Tempe crowd and the Glendale crowd. You want those college kids going to your concerts. Yeah, man, hockey games. I think I think ASU basketball is going to do something with it too, I think. I think I read that somewhere. They're going to use it whenever the Cardis aren't or something like that. I don't remember where oh, I read yeah, that, though. There's a lot of... You're going to see a lot of usage between the Sun Devils and the Coyotes, I think. I think you're going to see a long, fruitful partnership there. I would bet you the Sun Devils use it for like when the Golden Gophers come into town and these huge games are on hand. I would bet you the Sun Devils could move into the R arena for that too. Oh, that's a good idea. I didn't think of that. That's a really good idea. Yep, they probably would. Hmm. Didn't get better and better, Tempe. So any Tempe, you know, listeners, there you go. There's some reasons to maybe vote yes on it. Hopefully you do. Um, but we'll patiently wait that. I think May 13th I- is the day, something like that. So I think it's only right I introduce the next subject. Oh, right. As a Minnesotan, please, sir, take, take the reins, please. So Minnesota came into town with its number one ranked hockey team and left with a one-goal win and a loss. Not the, ex- not the thing that they were saying. I think it is safe to say, based on the fact that Two-thirds of the Minnesota Golden Gophers' best line are essentially Arizona products with Cooley going to be a coyote and Matthew Nyes from Scottsdale. With the fact that we just won, we just beat them in what was great fashion, by the way. We Uh need to talk about the setup to that goal because it was just fantastic. The play call, everything. Just a brilliant, brilliant play there. But I think we can say it. I think we can say it. 
Arizona is the new state of hockey. Oh, man. He declared it. He pinned his flag down on the mound. He also lives in Minnesota, so it's probably more risk to him to declare it than us. Yeah, I might be looking for a new state after this. <laughs> I mean, I got a guest room where I'm staying, so come on over. Let's come on back home. Haynes, you got anything you want to add to that? Uh, I mean, I, I didn't get to see the game because um, I don't get – I think it was like on a Pac-12 channel or something. Like that. I wasn't able to get the game. I did see – the overtime goal there, and, you know, I did try to keep up with it. I did also see Logan Cooley pull off the Michigan and the first game. And um, like you said, um, you know, I kind of just want to throw there, I mean, th- these are two really good games from Arizona State. I mean, this is such a big stepping stone for this program to show that they can be a powerhouse in Division One hockey. And, you know, in, in this – like you said before we started this podcast, Randy, you know, this upcoming, you know – matinee two game weekend or yeah two game two yeah game weekend series with Denver coming up and all that that's another big uh matchup right there for you know Arizona State I mean it's another big chance for them to prove that you know they're not a push around in D1 and you know they they deserve to be and you know they, they want to prove that they they're a D1 team so I think um it's great for them to get a win like that I mean anytime you knock off a number one team and anything that's a huge thing for you and you know you deserve the recognition and I think that Arizona State's building a real powerhouse down there, and I, you know, I think within, uh, you know, due time, I think Arizona State's going to be, you know, uh, a legitimate threat coming out of the desert year in, uh, year after year. Like their tagline on their back jersey says, you know, be the tradition, and hopefully, you know, with this big win, it shows that, you know, Arizona can become one of the new top dogs. I hope. I mean, it looks like that's definitely going to help for recruiting. That and I just want to see. I just want to see a, a tourney game. This year, I mm-hmm. want to see that desperately. So, we gotta win so we can make this tournament. Anything could happen, it's a good group of kids, hopefully. And I guess, uh, somewhat of a transition, you know, another young team. The, the U.S. is you know, obviously in the midst of the World Cup right now, made it to round of 16. So, good job to the boys, and thank you for the sacrifice, Pulisic. But we had some news uh, two weeks ago-ish now um, that the World Cup of Hockey was delayed to, and they said, in their words, hopefully, hopefully return in 2025. just want to get you guys' kind of brief thoughts on what you think of that. So I know a large part of the reason they pushed it back is because they want Russia in it. And honestly, I get that completely. Because if you're going to have a best-on-best tournament, the Russian players are not responsible for what their leader is doing. Punishing them like this just doesn't sit right with me. and seems like we're just giving the Russian government what they want with how we're treating these players. That's a subject for a different time, but that is why... A large part of why they are putting this off is they want Russia in it. They want Ovechkin in it. They want Kaprizov in it. And that makes sense. It's a best-on-best tournament. Having one of the consistently top four or five teams every year not in a best-on-best tournament would be lackluster. I get it. I kind of wish that they would do a different kind of tournament in between, get a build-up to it or something just so we could get some of that momentum. But I 
don't necessarily disagree with the decision to postpone it to get Russia in. So I just think that's the best way to do it. I think you get the best games, the best talent. I mean, we all want to see Ovechkin on the international stage again, and this would be the last time he gets to do it, essentially, before his career is over, more than likely. So I'm okay with it. I don't like that we're not growing it right this second because hockey needs to grow. It's hit a stalemate as of late. But I can understand the reasoning and I can understand that it's not an ideal situation for anybody involved in this. So what about you boys? I'll let you go first, Tyler. All right. Uh, so no secret, obviously you've guessing my Twitter the past couple weeks you know the world cup big fan of the world cup in general just a, a giant tournament where we get to for the month or so that it lasts we come together we as a i guess as a whole existence i guess not to sound too philosophical but and play these games and showcasing the best of the talent of the said sport you know and i think hockey's i don't know it was really awesome seeing the one it was it 2017 2018 that um had you know, team north america and all that like that was just one of the best displays of the sport and you know, these kind of tournaments, they draw a lot of crowds. Like, you know, Granny was saying, we've had a bit of a stalemate um, with growth-wise with the hockey in this country. So hopefully we get it back. Hopefully Russia can join. Granny, you said it perfectly. You said exactly what I was going to say, actually, in the way I would have said it. So just words out of my mouth. Um, so I hope they can join and we can get the, the full tournament and get the best product on the ice. Haynes? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's not too much i can add to what you all said i mean i it does suck not getting it to be played this year you know we want it consistently but you know like you guys both said you know i don't need a material you know i don't need to repeat it a third time for it to be heard but i mean you you want the best guys out there and you know not having rush out there does hurt because you are missing guys like Ovechkin, who this would be his last international tournament. Guys like Malkin, who this is probably going to be his last international tournament. Guys like Tarasenko, who's nearing up there in age. And just a chance to see young guys like Vasilevsky and, and Kaprizov. So um, I know it hurts not seeing it get played. I, I think it is for the best trying to wait it out with the hopes of getting Russian because it, it would be fun to see all these guys play in this tournament and all that that are doing so well in the NHL right now. So, I mean... There's not really much to add to what you all said. I mean, I, we want it to come back. It is great time to bring hockey fans together and all that. But, you know, I think doing the way they're doing it now, taking time off, trying to get everybody involved in it for when they do want to play, I think is the best route for it. Yeah, I just hope they can. It's been a pretty crazy couple of years, but uh, they'll figure it out. And then, so another thing to add with, like, talent-wise, we've seen – I think, Grant, I think you brought this up on the – like the first episode of the season that we made um, that we had almost, almost as many Americans as Canadian players, this opening day of the NHL. And I, and I thought of, you know, I think it was Doan said in another interview about how NCAA hockey is different than when he, he was growing up and playing the game. So do you largely attribute a huge growth of American players, to the NCAA, or is it just, I guess it's just a trend we're seeing. What do you boys think? So, we had to talk about this after the subject came up, Tyler. And I did a little bit more research into it, and I still think it's the Southern expansion has helped immensely with it. Making, giving more 
eyes on hockey, expanding the talent pool of which hockey is, and bringing more fans, even from the northern states, into it. Southern hockey has just helped it helped the sport grow in the United States. TV market-wise, uh, eyes on the game-wise, just in every way, this has helped. And you're seeing that improvement through the NCAA start to show. This is, keep in mind, this generation that we are seeing now is really the first generation that has had Southern hockey their entire lives. We are just now seeing that influx of players into the league. And Austin Matthews was the start of it. He came into the league because the Coyotes were a thing. And we're just going to see more and more of this happen. And it's a great thing for the game. It is absolutely what this game needs. I would argue that there is... I think this is the golden age of the NHL we could be looking at here. I would have a hard time seeing an age where you have this many good to great to superstar level players. We were talking about the pod before the podcast even started about Jason Robertson and how he looks like he's a top five player in the NHL, the way he's playing this year. Now, not actually going to say he is that, um, hockey rankings aren't my thing and I'm not good at them. And I don't think anybody is, but he's playing incredibly well, and this was a name that barely seemed to get recognition the previous couple of years, even though he was playing great with that too. It's just we're seeing this growth and we're seeing this jump in the talent pool, and it's growing more and more in. I think a lot of it is just pointed back to the growth of the game itself, the amount of teams in it. And it's why I am personally a fan of growing to 34 teams, getting two more markets in this league with the amount of talent that's coming into this league. Seemingly every draft now, I think it's a good, I think it'd be a good thing to grow the sport even more. So, but that's just my thoughts on it. What do you guys think? Actually, granny. So I had a, I'm going to take that point of adding 34. Actually, I was going to ask that next. If we think it would be a good idea to add two more. But let's say you were just the NHL board of everybody. What two cities and do you give those franchises to? Kansas City. Okay. And this is going to get me a lot of grief. Uh-oh. But a team in Canada. Whether Where, it's a the- second team in Ontario, or I mean another team in Ontario... Or somewhere like that. Give Canada another team. Yeah, because I can't think of a bigger market that doesn't really have a team that's... I mean, maybe Houston, I guess. But I don't think it'd be... I don't think it would last, really. I think Kansas City would have more of an impact than Houston. There's like a lot of states that don't have a team. We can discuss that in a later episode if you want. Because I would want, I would want to sit there and do some actual research, and I didn't do research on that before this podcast. Yeah. But I think just based on the markets, based on where we already have teams, based on all of that, I think a Kansas City area team. Well, St. Louis is right there too. Yeah, I would want to do some more research, but a Kansas City or even a Portland Up in the Central. Yeah. Well, I think Portland would work too, mm-hmm. but. 
We'll see. Oh, yeah, we definitely need. Yeah, let's definitely do an episode of this. We'll have to definitely remember. Yeah, the where we can get some research in and get some actual yeah. points of where we think Marcus should go. Not a bad Because I think that would be, I think that'd be a great subject to talk about in more detail with some actual research done behind it. Yep. All right, cool. We have some homework to do then. Sounds good. But uh, Haynes, what you got for us? Do you have anything to add? No, I think you guys kind of tackled everything I feel like I could add into there. I feel like you guys kind of, uh, especially you, Grandy, I, I mean, I feel like almost all the time when I come after you, I, there's a lot, not much left to say. I feel like you kind of tackle everything there. But um, I definitely think y'all both said kind of everything that we were thinking just with, you know, the expansion south and all that, more southern teams getting um, not only just college teams, but and, you know, I'll get grief from people from that, but I really do think, like, minor league hockey, like, ECHL exposure to kids, that gets kids involved in wanting to play the sport. So I definitely think exposure from minor league teams gets kids involved, and that exposure translates to more kids wanting to play in college, and that translates to more Division One players coming out and going into the draft. So I definitely think, yeah, hockey expansion in the South and all that definitely has grown a lot over the last, uh, you know, 10 years and I you know I can attest that I live in a state that has two minor league hockey teams and the fan bases in both those states at games is is pretty dang good for hockey in South Carolina you used to cover one of them too didn't you Stingrays right I did yep that's right and their fan base is uh, their fan base is about is is pretty wild. They're they're probably one of the very few fan base I've ever seen in which you go to a game and everybody there is either wearing a Stingrays jersey or wearing a Capitals jersey, who's their affiliate. So they the <laughs> fans come to games prepared to. I mean, there is down there for hockey. I mean, they people down there breathe and die by the Stingrays down there. And that's something actually too that I would love to see more of is. See more ECHL expansion out west. Get some yep. more teams out here. Yep. I mean, I know it's the East Coast Hockey League, but... Well, not anymore. Yeah, I mean, it used to be called the East Coast Hockey League. It's just now referred to as the ECHL. But yeah, it, I mean, I do agree. Expand. I mean, they used to have a team in Alaska. I mean, they definitely expand out more. They used to have a team in Victoria, up in Canada, all that. I definitely do, though, agree, Granny. They need to expand out more. The closest team to Minnesota right now is Iowa who just got a team a couple years ago. And I definitely think they should be expanding out West somewhere. I think there is, um, you could definitely build, especially in some of those more markets where there's not an NHL team and there's not like a big name team right around, put teams in those markets where people will come watch games because they have a team to cheer for. It would be a great way to prove if you were to expand the league to more teams, it would be a great way to say, Hey, can your team handle this by putting an ECHL team or an AHL team in that yep. city. Yep. Actually, Haynes, the reason I bring up, one of the reasons why I bring up the uh, Sting Rays is uh, actually this part is yours, your Keller potential record-breaking article you said you wrote. Yeah, so um, that came out yesterday morning. Um, so for people that haven't read it, um, Clayton Keller, um, who just came back from horrific injury last season, beginning of the year he came back, from a horrific leg injury um, that he suffered against San Jose last year. A um, lot of questions were kind of thrown Keller's way this year of, you know, how does he look coming out of the gate? This is a guy who hasn't played hockey for, you know, so many months and all. How, how does he, he came back rather quickly. How does he look when he progresses? And 
you know, I've, it's been mixed views. I've had people tell me that he doesn't look as good. And I've had people tell me that he looks better than ever. And, you know, and statistically wise, he looks better than ever. He's currently on pace for 86 points, which would top his career high by 21, if that's the case. Um, he's playing out of his mind. He may not be scoring like people think he should be doing last year, but he's there's rarely a time he's on the ice when his name's not getting mentioned somewhere, shape, or form. He leads and the rush up the ice so successfully well. He moves the puck so efficiently. He's a guy who who I quote in my article. You know, he's a guy who came in and in the last year single handedly took all the admiration and you know and and stars stardom on Jacob Chicken and essentially took that over himself and went from being the guy who almost kind of was playing second fiddle to Jacob Chicken and everybody saying this is the guy for the future to now people you know clamoring for Clayton Keller to be the captain and will potentially probably be your next captain for the Coyotes. So I mean it's just it. It, it, it's it's worth the read just because it is not just because it's my article and I'm not just saying you should read it because it's my article. It's worth the read because he is doing something that, you know, statistically it should be noticeable and should be respected. I mean, he is building himself a legacy, a name for himself down in Arizona. And, you know, like I quote in my article and, uh, you know, Shane Doan built the path for what the franchise could do for the Coyotes. He served as the face of the franchise for so many years, and he 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 built the path, and he pretty much set the standard for what this team could accomplish and all that. And like I said in my article, Clayton Keller is building upon that and ushering in the next era of Coyotes hockey. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely check it out. It's a great article and all that. I mean, it's it, it was one that really I, I felt like need to get out there. I feel like it's not talked about much about how much of a – uh, role that he is actually on right now and you know how realistically possible it is that not only will he be most likely in his third all-star game this season but the possibility of him maybe getting close to recording 90 points this year if he continues on the pace that he's on i don't know if y'all read the article if y'all had any comments or words anything y'all want to say about I, it or i read the article i always make sure i read your articles man um but i will say i agree with basically all of it, he's having an incredible year. I get where people are saying that he doesn't look as good at times. And I think, I think the reasoning behind that is he's not shooting the puck like he was last year. He's yeah. not getting the puck on goal as much as he was last year. He's looking to me too much for the perfect play and not so much just trying to take the simple play at times, which. Yep is great. You want him to take those risks, but at the same time, just taking the simple play, getting the shot on goal is huge. Um, we don't have anybody on this team that looks to do that consistently, except for Jacob Chikrin, it feels like, and Lawson Kraus. But just, I think if he shot just a couple more times a game, I think you'd see even more stats come his way because he's mm -hmm. looked phenomenal in every other facet of the ice. We had our own battle of Keller Hill and the victors and all that. Remember that? It was like one of our first year, I think. That was yeah. one of our first podcasts. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it was, it was I early. Think, I think that was the second, or I think that was the first one with Haynes as a full-time guy. Well, yeah, I think so, actually, yeah. That's right. And our, our what second anniversary is coming up too. 
come up with something special for that, I think. Um, we'll have to come up with ideas. But And then actually, Grandy, this last part is for you as well. So if you want to put on your lab coat, Professor Grandy, and tell us the path to the draft this week. So one thing I've seen a lot of talk about is with the Coyotes is how the question of what's better winning games right now or getting the higher draft pick. And the team we just played on Sunday is a perfect example of that team that's never had that high draft pick in the Minnesota Wild or the New York Islanders who don't get the high draft picks. They build consistently good teams, teams that can rise up and even get to the conference finals. But these are teams that struggle for long stretches too because they just don't have the talent to get over a lot of other teams in the league. Minnesota has been a mediocre to great team their entire existence, primarily because they haven't added that top-of-the-draft talent. They've gotten a few draft day steals. It's what's led them to that really good talent. But they don't have their looking at Tampa their Stamkos or their headmen, or looking at New Jersey, who's taken such a huge step this year, their Hishier or their Jack Hughes, or looking at their Colorado, their Kale McCarr, their Nathan McKinnons. They don't have these guys that they got at the top of the draft. You need those guys to win, to be that tier of team. To be that top tier of team, you need these guys that come almost exclusively at the top of the draft. We need at least one more of those top of the draft guys before you can really start to move on and say we're happy with our prospect pool, with our talent level. I would much rather see us take the New Jersey way. New Jersey, I think, is the picture-perfect example of a team that has made additions in free agency and trades to bolster their young crew while letting their young crew mature. And you're seeing the fruits of it this year where they look like one of the best teams in the league night in and night out. This team looks incredible, and it's in large part due to how Nico Hishier and Jack Hughes are playing. They carry those top two lines. They do so much for that team. Um going to mean a couple more rough years after this one because as I've said a lot, young teams just don't win. Again, I'm going to point out the Detroit Red Wings and the New Jersey Devils up to this year. They just didn't win a lot. They didn't because their young players were still learning. Their vets were almost too relied on over their superstars because their young kids were learning. So there is very exciting times ahead, but for the Coyotes' best interest in how the most successful rebuilds happen, the most consistently good teams rebuild this way. It's painful while it's going on, but once it happens, once you get there, you can be the next Pittsburgh who has a run of dominance for 15 plus years because 
they got their superstars at the top of the draft. You could be the next Tampa, who went to three straight cups. You could be the next Colorado, where you're one of the best teams in the league on a consistent basis and ride mediocre goaltending to a Stanley Cup. That's our goal here. Our goal isn't to fight and scratch and claw and barely make a wild card. Our goal is to be where Tampa is. Our goal is to be where Colorado is. Our goal is to be where New Jersey is right now. So just just have a little more patience with this. I know it sucks losing every night or most nights. I know we want to cheer for wins and it sucks not being able to. Part of why I had so much fun with that ASU game was having no regrets over anything that happened because you're cheering for a win the whole time. I just, I just think we need to be a little bit more patient and not push for instant success this year or push to have a few more wins this year because at the end of the day, who's going to remember us beating the Detroit Red Wings 3-1 in two years? Are you going to remember that? Or are you going to remember the high-up draft pick we got? Okay, we don't win the lottery, so we pick second overall. Are you going to remember Adam Fantilli on the team more? Or are you going to remember that 3-1 win over Detroit? The player, you know, hopefully you're wanting to get, like you said, what the Penguins had, 15 years of dominance. That's what I'm definitely I'd prefer over being mediocre. Got anything to add to that, boys? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay, I think that's pretty much the episode, boys. Anything you want to say before we close this thing out? No, just thank you all for listening. Thank you, boys, for being on. It's always great talking hockey with you. Make sure you make sure you all go read Haynes' piece on Clayton Keller. I will retweet it from the podcast account immediately after tweeting this podcast out. So it will be on the timeline by the time it will be on the Chirping Yotes timeline after you listen to this. But make sure you give Haynes Evans a follow. Haynes, do you want to drop the Twitter handle? Yeah, my um, Twitter is uh, at Haynes P. Evans, uh, capital H, capital P, capital E. Um, I do appreciate the shout-out. I really do. Um, it does mean a lot that people that do read my work, it doesn't mean a lot that y'all read my work and all that. And, you know, I, I don't like – I don't get to write as much as I'd like to, and that's just because I am working and all that. But I, I do try my hardest when I do put my work out to re- put stuff out that's not just the, the typical norm stuff. I want to put stuff out that's – uh, inter- engaging and inter- and you know and eye catching to the viewer and all that so I, I really do appreciate the people that have stuck with me since I started this and you know read my work and repost my work and all that so I, I do appreciate you guys and appreciate you guys reading everything and I appreciate everybody else that you know supports me and reads what I do and all that but um yeah you can find all my work uh, on my Twitter um you can also check me out on the hockey writers I'm the only writer for the team so um I'm ninety percent of the articles that you see on there. Okay, cool. Well, with all of our odds and ends cleared up, that was a good episode, boys. Thanks for talking hockey, and we will see you guys next week.